In an industry that is constantly engaging itself in radio and podcasting, Marcel Sports is finally taking the jump as well. This is the Marcel Sports Podcast. Hey guys, my name is Tyler Jones. I'll be your host for the bi-weekly Mars Hill Sports Podcast this year. As I'm privileged to be a member of the Mars Hill team, we have some goals that we would like to accomplish through this podcast. Our intentions with the podcast are simple, to connect fans and players of sport on our campus at Trinity Western University. I plan on having many guests on the podcast throughout the school year, and we'll see where this goes. I plan on doing Spartans updates, as well as talking about current events in professional sports. I'm super excited for this, and I hope you are too. Before we go anywhere, let's hash out a couple details. In the description of each episode, I will have show notes. These show notes will explain two things. First, it will have timestamps on what is going on throughout the episode. Some of these might be long, and we don't want you to miss the cool things that you're looking for. Check out the timestamps so you can pick and choose what you want to listen to. Secondly, we'll have links to most of our references that we make throughout the podcast. Whether it's a photo, video, player, or anything else, we want our listeners to feel as informed as we do. Now, without further ado, let's go to our interview with co-host Kyle Baker and tonight's guest, Matt Hayashi. Ladies and gentlemen, standing at seven foot something, he's the most passionate man in media, Matt Hayashi. How are we doing? Good, Ty. It's uh, it's awesome to be back on campus, and uh, yeah, really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, there we go. I don't know. Unfortunately, we don't have a, any video footage, but uh, Matt almost hit his head uh, on the door walking through here. Uh, he's so tall, and this Mars Hill office is basically a hole in the wall, so yeah, it's Just, great to have you here. It's sitting down on a chair, obviously. I, knees coming up to your shoulders you yeah do you get many questions about how tall you are I do yeah yeah I'm uh especially I'm working downtown now so like walking through gas town and stuff like that for lunch and it's pretty hard to go places without people mentioning it but um I would way rather have someone mention like come up and talk to me about it than just um you know, I get like weird looks and stares and stuff like that. What, what do you think the percentage breakdown is of like people that actually come up and say something as opposed to like the stares and like when you can tell that somebody's telling their buddy like, oh my goodness, that guy is so big. Percentage, yeah. Like, I, I would say the majority of people um, come up and talk to me about it. I've noticed a difference like living in the States for a while versus living here. Yeah. People were much more um, just like outgoing in the hmm. States hmm. and were just like, maybe it's like the whole like Canadian being polite thing right. yeah. and people kind of like hesitant to come up. Um, but yeah, I would still say the majority of people come up and sometimes a little embarrassed. Like, yeah. oh, sorry for asking or whatever. I just had to ask. It, whatever. Is it like people asking like actually how tall you are or is it like, and how, how often is it? Like, is this something that happens every day or? Yeah, I was like, if I'm out in public, um, walking around probably like every day for sure. Great social tool though, hey? Yeah, it's like a great icebreaker because it's like. I'm talking to people that I would like otherwise never have talked to and it's like you know 
we talk about height at the beginning. Once that's out of the way, it's like then you're just talking to someone like you're getting to know them for the first time. So. <laughs> Do people ever come up and try to take photos with you? Yeah. No. It's pretty fun. Like, some people... So you're a celebrity. That's what you're saying. Basically. Like, but, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, pretty... I don't know. Like, pretty introverted about yeah, it. Like, yeah. I get embarrassed and stuff. But, like, yeah, people will come up. And, like, sometimes, like, they'll ask for photos. But then there's the odd person who thinks... I don't see them or something and they'll try and like come up behind me and like take a selfie and then I have to be the one to initiate like oh hey like do you want to take a photo and then it's just weird for everyone I can just picture like you walking down the street like bunch of like short people around you and some guy like jumping on the sidewalk saying hey hey hey, can can we get a photo please get over here meet you yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's good for the Insta follows. Yeah. So there you go. Um, as a seven footer, of course, you were found on the basketball court growing up. Could you tell us a bit about your time as a member of the Spartans basketball team? For sure. Yeah. Um, so I I grew up around here, and so when I was younger and started getting into basketball, I was coming to a lot of Spartan games. Um, that was like back when they were playing all their games in the Enerson. Okay. Um, so like the OG guys <laughs> playing in there and they would pack the Enerson. So yeah, just sweet atmosphere. Yeah. Um, I know that's something they're trying to get more games this year. Yeah. Um, I know, uh, in the past they would try and get like one or two, but I think they're trying to ramp that up just cause yeah. it's like so sweet being able to have people come out on campus it's fine i'm yeah. just yeah just have it be right there yeah that's why soccer games have so much like i'd say so much hype around them. For sure. and rugby games will be having that soon too it's cool like when you can just count on like oh yeah i'm just gonna walk five minutes yeah. over to the field instead of obviously langley event center isn't like a huge drive especially now with that new road there but like it's just so much more convenient. You just walk right over. Yeah. Brings dorms out, especially. Totally. It's like a dorm event. Yeah, and the facilities, obviously, are amazing at the yeah. LEC. Like, the court yeah. there is so good, oh, and yeah. there's yeah. no doubt the facility's amazing, but I, you know, definitely like experience going to games at the LEC, and then also going here on campus. Yeah. It's just really fun when it's yeah. on campus. So. Totally. Yeah. yeah, it's a different different atmosphere, for sure. I think Scott Fahrenbacher's done, like, a pretty sweet job of just... Uh, just in general, you know, firing mm-hmm. the community up mm-hmm. about athletics, but then still making the LEC feel like a like a home away from home. And have, I know there's been like a bus out there in the yeah. past and stuff. Yeah, so. they're starting to do a lot of stuff. It's called the Spartan 300. Um, oh, yeah. And they're, yeah. they're starting to do a lot of cool stuff. Um, I, I think it's such a good move. Yeah. Uh, and it's basically Scott and... Uh, Benji Hall, yeah, Benji Hall running it. So yeah, it's awesome. a it's a pretty sweet gig there. Did yeah. you play five years here with the Spartans? Or? Uh, no, not five. So I was um, I came in and redshirted my first year. Okay, um, what year was that? That was twenty fourteen. Okay, okay, yeah. So we had a pretty pretty big recruiting class, um, and we were coming off of uh, the the coach at the time had taken the team to. Uh, national championship final wow. yeah and so Scott Allen yeah, at the time? Yeah. yeah so he recruited me um and I had a pretty good relationship with him I played with his son in high school for a bit and stuff like that cool. um yeah and then so I redshirted my first year just like as a first year like didn't expect to get a lot of playing time and then yeah played for three years after that uh under the new coach cool um and then yeah nice nice 
Um, do you miss it? Uh, I do. The, well, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> I'm really loving what I'm doing right now with video production. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I really just, um, I'd say the thing I miss the most is just like the camaraderie yeah. Yeah, and sure. like the culture of being on a team and being with like a core group of guys that it's just like you're living with, you're battling with, <laughs> and like you're just like having a good time with too. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I miss that for sure. Yeah. So I think for both me and Ty, you know, I, I don't think either of us pretends to be a tr- uh, be a basketball player anywhere near the quality <laughs> of somebody that could play in the CIS. But we see, like, I think even the ga- way we see the game would be so much different than the way you would see the game, yeah. right? Like, neither Ty or I are, are shockingly tall <laughs> and are probably more like point guard, shooting guard type people. So yeah. for somebody like you, like, just how different do you think the game, like, your kind of view and the way that you've, like play basketball and see basketball how how different do you think that is from somebody who's a point guard or shooting guard and maybe just like kind of the way that when you watch basketball like are you more watching the centers or how do you see the game yeah yeah that's a great question um I would say like growing up it was kind of funny because I like I was always taller um but like growing up I wanted to be a guard right <laughs> and like when I was playing 2k like yeah. my my player would be a guard every big man every big man <laughs> Dude, I was like five foot two in grade eight, making like center my players in two K eleven, being like, I'm gonna be like the next. Well, at the time it was Dwight Howard, pretty yeah. much. So I'm like, I want to be a big man, but it's like every every little guy wants to have like the smooth big man thing going down yeah. low, and then every every big man just wants to be like dicing people up, <laughs> yeah, crossing people yeah. over. And- it's yeah, so funny. Stepping back. We all want what we can. <laughs> yeah, it's Actually. true. Yeah. But it's interesting, like, because, um, I guess to answer more of your question, I, I would say uh, I have a lot of respect. I feel like, especially now with how the game's changed, like, the traditional big man isn't really a thing anymore. Yeah. So when guys kind of do show flashes of, like, old school post moves and yeah. stuff, I have a lot more respect for that. Totally. Um, just because, like, I, I appreciate both like the history of where that's coming from and just like um i just have like more of a respect for that craft even though it's not necessarily you know steph hitting like a step back three um i think yeah i i have just as much respect for a baby hook down yeah, the exactly. so, 100%, yeah. No. for yeah. yeah and for you like when you if you're watching a game do you find yourself naturally like would you find yourself naturally watching the bigs more than the guards or do you find you're kind of watching it all together or mm, I, like I watch it all but um definitely like I would say like I relate more to the bigs of course, obviously right sure. so especially while I was playing I'd try and pick things up or see just see where you know similarities lie and stuff like that um I think now it's interesting because you know bigs it's funny that we mentioned like bigs wanting to play like guards but like if you look in the NBA you can't really be a big like they all no. have guard skills and can like step outside and shoot totally. Um, so it's interesting to see how that's progressed. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a five it's a five man. It's not like five positions anymore. It's like five guys yeah. on a court. Yeah, like yeah. it really we are in the era of positionless basketball. Yeah, well we're seeing like small forwards carry up the ball, and then you have Lonzo Ball. He's a point guard. Yeah. How tall is he? Six seven, six yeah. six, something yeah. like that. So yeah. it's it, yeah, it's becoming so weird. And I've also found something like like that is like 
twos are becoming so much smaller as well, I find. Like, you're seeing mm. so many, like, six-foot-two shooting guards. Maybe that's partly because it's, like, stacked point guard backcourts or yeah, I, I Yeah, I think of the game now. I think in the modern team, you have two point guards on the floor at the same time. Mm-hmm. You have two small forwards, and you have a power forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You, you have a power forward that could literally play all three of those uh, forward positions if he had to. Yeah. You've got two guards that are basically interchangeable, right? They mm-hmm. both... Both play point, both play shooting guard, and then you've got usually like a small, two small forwards, and one of them's just playing power forward type mm-hmm. positions. It's it's really fascinating, kind of where the game's going like that. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned now being in like uh, digital production and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you sort of get into that? Like when you came to Trinity, is that something that you knew you were interested in, or how did you kind of fall into that? Yeah. So I'd always kind of pursued video as a hobby, just okay. making. Like, when we'd be on away games with the team and stuff, I would shoot random videos with okay. the guys and stuff like that. Just, like, little stuff for Instagram mm-hmm. and YouTube and stuff like that. Just for fun. Yeah. And then um, when I started transitioning out of basketball, uh, the Trinity Refugee Awareness Campaign was actually the first, like, not... Uh, or, like, the first, like, official thing I'd done video uh-huh. with. Um, yeah, so that was, like, a pretty cool experience. And that was kind of, like, what launched... Uh, me into more like commercial work interesting I guess yeah. you could say yeah um, and then yeah I kind of just went full tilt with it from there mm-hmm. and with my sports background and just like interest in sport um, like video is such a cool way to either um, you know communicate stories in sport or you know do pre-game hype intros yeah. and stuff like that yeah um, so I, I was lucky enough to have like a lot of opportunities to do stuff like that with video which yeah. is sweet it's so cool, like, now, talking on the sports, like, how much video you see, especially, like, I like to use Twitter a lot. Yeah. Everybody, every team, every, you know, even analyst, they used to type, you know, they, they type two tweets to kind of give you a rundown of what happened in practice that morning or yeah. what happened in, the in you know, morning shoot-around or morning skate if you're talking hockey. Now it's a two-minute two minute video mm-hmm. yeah. that they put on Twitter, they put on their Instagram, and they put on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to see like video is really taking over. Um, for somebody like yourself who's in the industry, like we're kind of in this video age. Mm-hmm. For you, where do you kind of see us like progressing in the next five, ten years with video? Like, is there somewhere that we go now beyond where we're at, or yeah, well, kinda any I, ideas you have? Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how um, like the NBA's innovating with video. Um, Mm -hmm. like traditionally broadcast media is like slower to adapt new technologies than, you know, like a lot of different companies out there would like innovate much faster. But, you know, you see things like when the, uh, when the phantom cam and stuff came Mm -hmm. out like that, where they could, you know, pan around like, like, you know, matrix bullet time and pan around and stuff. Um, yeah, like stuff like that, like, and like personally knowing like what goes into that. It's cool to see um, when the NBA adapts things like that in another yeah. broadcast. As far as like longer term, um, it's just so hard for us to like sit here right now and be like, yeah, predict. Yeah, it's like basically you'd be coming up with the next big thing for sure. <laughs> if yeah. you no, said totally. right now. So yeah. Well, I think like what like I don't know what exactly this looks like, but more stuff like NBA TV where it's like very easily accessible to mm-hmm. watch a lot of different teams and yeah. watch them at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll see more and more um, kind of like on-demand content around teams. Um, yeah. And just 
you know, there's these huge franchises already, and I think they'll start to just dump more money into the the video content. Totally, I think I think we're gonna see the NBA go to some kind of model similar to what the NFL has with yeah. uh, Red Zone Channel. Yeah. Oh, right. Where yeah. there's no, you're paying for the product, but there's no commercials, and we're just constantly going game to game to game, and you're never really missing anything that matters. Yeah. Right. And like to have the ability to like flick that on for an hour in the evening, and like see all these games that are going around and like personally that's that's how I consume NFL as a product now. Yeah. Like I want to be able to see everything that's going on. So I'm I'm using that. So I think that's where we're going and yeah. I think too like the short the short videos like it's so much easier for somebody to sit down and watch 6 10 minute videos yeah, than it is for them to commit to a 60 minute video right. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you're seeing with the stuff on Twitter. It's like short quick videos. So I think mm-hmm. it's really cool and I think on the video side, people are innovating fast, mm-hmm. which is cool to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember. Do you remember uh, court surfing as a kid? Did you guys ever watch yeah. that? Yeah. Well, I don't think I watched Those that. Those were the what days, was man. It was on the score. And uh, it was basically just hopping from like game to game. I, I think it was Tuesday nights yeah. every week. And just like the best games. The best game that was on at that moment. Or it's like, oh, here we have like a five-point game. There's two minutes left in the fourth. They toss it on. Oh, that's yeah, sweet. It that's so really good. Cool. Yeah, if you like, you can even just go on YouTube and watch like a five minute video clip to give you a feel of like what NFL Red Zone's like. Yeah. Where it's literally just flipping you. And the NHL brought this in, and they played it actually simulcasted on Twitter. Like they call it ice surfing. Yeah. So they're literally <laughs> jumping you from game to game, just yeah. like you're basically seeing what's closest or whenever somebody scores. And I think the more people are becoming fans, especially the new generation, they're not fans of one team. They're fans of players mm-hmm. and yeah. all the teams. They yeah. want to watch their guys, no matter what, you know, you could live in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and you care about Steph Curry on the Warriors, and I care about Kyrie on Brooklyn, let's yeah. say, this right. year. Yeah. And that's all I care about. Those Which are the guys I want to see. every high school student. <laughs> I know. I, that was my goal. My goal was yeah. to literally describe every male high school yeah. student yeah. in yeah in the city of Vancouver. Yeah. But that's what it is now. So it's cool to see like the NBA really adopting yeah. and, and kind of creating that kind of product. Yeah. And I think it's starting with the NBA, but I think it's starting to make its way into other leagues a lot now too. I'm starting to see a lot in like the NHL, even like the amount of Austin Matthews yeah. fans is ridiculous, man. Now mm. maybe that's also partly because he's like the biggest American name yeah. in the game right now, especially for like, all of the southern states are probably just losing it over this guy because he's like the first big name out of yeah. Arizona. But like, still, there's got to be something said for the way sports are trending in like not as much loyalty to a team, but loyalty to a player. And mm-hmm. I've, I've found that really for sure. And I think like the other sports are trying to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's their goal. They've seen the NBA create this model. You can sell individual players yeah. in. China and in Europe and in these other countries way more than you can sell full teams. Yeah. And once you sell a player, then it sells a team, right? right? Like you watch Houston Rockets game, half the advertisements on the boards are are in Chinese yeah. characters. It's all because they sold Yao like yeah. Yao Ming yeah. was Yao the Ming. player that brought it. So And now James Harden is the man in China. <laughs> and and really he kind of is. Yeah, like exactly. he is this this kid from California, but he is like this superstar in China. It's now. pretty crazy. Like, it, it is making it is making international superstars, and that's why I think. I also think that's partly because of 
the NBA nailing down personality. The NBA and the NFL have done a really good job in allowing personality to happen. Yeah. Now, obviously, that's going to turn into some sticky situations. I don't want to say it. Antonio Brown. But, <laughs> but uh, I think that's one thing that I would say with the NHL is you see Austin Matthews. He's his own man. He's like, he doesn't shy away from speaking his mind. And that's, yeah. Something the NHL needs because everyone just wants, like, every 50-year-old hockey dad is like, why can't every player act like Jonathan Tastes? No, no, that's not the point here. Yeah. It's like, we want to make money for this league, and we want this league to grow, and that starts with marketing players better. Yeah, so, well, I think a big part of that is, like, like you say, when you market the player, you're you have their whole personality and the the story and all the narratives that go along with that yeah. player. Yeah. And you see that's so prevalent. Like that's why, you know, there's so much content in the off season and all those things because it's like it's mm-hmm. that player's narrative just like continuing on, right? Yeah. And people want to buy into that and like see what happens in that story. Yeah. So I think it's just it's just like that bingeable content that you can just like hop from player to player and see you know what's going on yeah like everybody knew like oh like Kyrie you know he's kind of pulling the strings he's being secretive like that kind of stuff in the off season and then um yeah I think it's just really cool because like you said you you hit the nail on the head those brands kind of carry into July Mm -hmm. and like honestly a lot of people like that better now they Mm -hmm. like June and July better yeah. because they get the draft and they get and they get this craziness that is free agency the best storylines yeah and mm-hmm. and the thing that i really believe is it doesn't come at a two hour and 20 minute like need to watch the game yeah. right like during right. the season if you actually want to know what's going on you have to kind of watch the game or at least sit down and watch a 10 minute highlight pack <laughs> or something whereas like i can just like see it in live on my twitter exactly during the mm-hmm. off season. and it's constant right it's like yeah. every day there's like something new or it's like some w- weird report about oh Kevin Durant comes out. It's like that is something that's constant. It's always changing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So yeah, I thought I, I I just think the way the NBA is going, it's selling itself the best of any sport right now. Totally. Um, moving on, uh, Matt, I want to ask you what is your outlook for the upcoming NBA season? Uh, do you have any loose predictions? Maybe conference winners, and oh. maybe maybe who, who might be taking a ring home. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, hitting you with the hard ones. Yeah, here, this yeah. is a hard one. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring out my phone just because uh, I was taking some notes. Which John oh, wow. yeah, notes? Holy. The um a couple big things I'm looking forward to is just uh, I feel like this rookie class yeah. is mm. gonna be interesting to see where everyone lines up. Um, there's like I feel like this rookie class has a lot of people that are just like unknowns mm-hmm. aside from like the top three with yeah. like Zion, yeah. uh, Morant, and yeah. Barrett. It seems to be like there's tiers almost. Like yeah. there's like that big A tier, and then there's a massive B tier from. Uh, I I haven't been able to watch many of those like late first round picks, but I've done some reading on it, and there's so many like interesting storylines that could develop. Yeah. Throughout the year, yeah, on that, so totally, yeah. So I, I'm really, especially like for our Canadian guys and Barrett and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked to see you know how how they pan out. It's unfortunate that he's on the Knicks. But, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we'll see. But um, I'm really looking forward to I and like I say this not as like a 
a bandwagoner, but um, the Le- I'm really looking forward to see how the Lakers yeah. do. Yeah. And, uh, I, like, the Lakers have always been my team. Um, my grandpa actually played for them uh, just for one one season. Dang. Back yeah. in the day. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, 69 to 70. And, um, you know, just a bench player. But, like, so growing yeah, up, yeah. like, hey. that was always my team. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, really looked, looked up to my grandpa a lot with basketball and everything he had done. So... Yeah, kind of seeing them back on the ride. It sucked to be a Lakers yeah. fan for so long. <laughs> but now they have the greatest, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Anthony... Da- and, like, I don't know. LeBron, we'll see. But I, I'm confident in Anthony Davis, for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's cool. That's how, cool. How big was Gramps? Was he, yeah, a, big, was I, he a big guy? Yeah, yeah, he was. So he was uh, 6'9". Okay. And, um, yeah, so he, he played for the Lakers for a year... Um, before that, actually, he, so coming out, he went to Oregon State, and then, yeah, so coming out of college, he, he got drafted, but it was to, at the time, it was the St. Louis Hawks. Um, (laughs) okay. And so, and, uh, it was, like, a really small contract. He didn't really think he was ready, so he went to UCLA and coached with John Wooden. Holy (laughs) smokes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so he was there, and so he was... He was basically like a player trainer. Okay. So back then, you wouldn't be able to, um, like freshmen in college back then, wouldn't play on the varsity team. Um, But the first year he was there, Kareem happened to be a freshman. (laughs) Yeah. The connections are real. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's pretty nuts, the stories he had. So yeah, he basically, Kareem's whole freshman year, my grandpa just like played one-on-one and like trained with Kareem. To like develop him, just sky hooking yeah. over your grandpa. Just, yeah, actually, just, <laughs> just getting torn up. Just, just, just to glorify the tone out there. Yeah. yeah. So then, six, sorry, we're gonna nerd out with Tad here. Yeah, for sure. Sixty nine seventy. Is Jerry? Did he play with Jerry West then? Yeah, on that Lakers no team. Way. Elgin Baylor, Holy Jerry West, Will. Wilt would have been on that team yeah. too. No. And so yeah, that was the year they they went to the finals and played Boston and uh, went to Game Seven yeah. against Boston. And then Bill Russell yeah. flexed on everyone, yeah. <laughs> as so he as he, he always does. Yeah, so wow. he, he almost had a ring, which would have been that pretty cool. That is crazy that yeah. he played with those <laughs> yeah. guys. Yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty like, nuts. Playing on the Lakers is cool, but playing on that Lakers those is like, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh. some legendary guys. Yeah, those are, those are like like you think like Lakers Celtics. That's probably the greatest. Era of oh for sure uh, those are like the strong teams that yes. really is like when we think Lakers Celtics that's yeah. that's it that's yeah. so cool it's either man. that era or the Magic Bird era that pops yeah in yeah no, those actually are the two those big are the ones two yeah. eras of the two the two teams. biggest ones yeah. but yeah that is, that is unreal that's yeah. sweet man. Yeah. Man. so when I say I'm a Lakers fan I kind of have to preface yeah. it with that exactly yeah, yeah. Like, oh this yeah okay Lake, this yeah. Lakers fan fan yeah. yeah actually my yeah. Uh, my grandpa worked out with yeah. that Kareem so yeah. you can so, stop yeah. <laughs> holy smokes yeah. now everyone just wants to know everything about you besides your height not, yeah. <laughs> not just not I think there'll be a lot of people anymore. trying to run to Wikipedia after this yeah. oh, trying to find them I like want to like check like Stats on your grandpa. Well, that's the I mean, first place stats, my mind like, like as I'm a bench player, like yeah. 2.0 minutes per game. Yeah, like. yeah I think it's like I think he had like 15. That was like his career high. Okay, one I that's forget. A, 
15 uh, points or 15 minutes? 15 points. Okay. Oh, that's actually oh, good. Yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, garbage time, yeah, like yeah, tore yeah. it up in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But, uh, Dang, yeah, that's Jay, sweet, man. Jay Cardi. Was He's probably name. playing yeah. the Knicks. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, yeah. back then, the Knicks were probably yeah. good. Yeah, oh, they were great. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, the basic, the basic idea of us getting together here was to talk about what NBA players we think are going to break out and what players we think are going to flop this year. Um, so I'll just open us up here. Uh, I think Colin Sexton <laughs> is going to absolutely explode this year. Colin Sexton is my man. I followed him a lot last year in our fantasy basketball huh. league that we're in. I drafted him, reached so high just because I love him. Purely emotional pick. Um but I actually do think he has a chance to break out this season. I've always really liked his game. The way he plays is so exciting. Uh, the first half of his rookie season was not good by <laughs> any means. Pretty sure he averaged like 14 points a game in 29 minutes, something around around there. But in the last 29 games, he did average 21 points at a 47% clip from the field. 40 per, yeah, sorry, 40% from three. He'll be competing for touches with Darius Garland, new guy mm-hmm. drafted it fifth five. overall yeah. yeah and uh there's always kevin love but don't worry he'll probably be injured after five <laughs> games um i am still very confident in his abilities yeah i um, think he's gonna be exciting to watch yes i don't like that's one thing he's like a very energetic player mm-hmm. he but, is yeah he plays very much with that kind of that like quick you know every guy every guard point guard that comes out of college that's quick gets compared to Russell Westbrook yeah. but yeah. he kind of has that same kind of flashy De'Aaron Fox I think yes yeah. that was a big comparison I, I love De'Aaron Fox I <laughs> yeah I think we'll see with Colin Sexton yeah. for me I personally think you know we talked earlier on the show about uh, the idea of playing two point guards mm-hmm. I think him and Darius are going to play together yeah, yeah. I think talk, it'll be about that. I think they'll play those two together Jordan Clarkson's still kicking around there too so I think they'll look at, at using Jordan Clarkson a bit, yeah. but I think it'll be those two's backcourt to start. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson, just a late relic of the LeBron era <laughs> in Cleveland. Well, it, like, uh, you know, yeah, it shows you how fast, not to get off topic, but it shows you how fast things change in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. two years ago we were talking about how awesome Jordan Clarkson was as yeah. like a sixth man and a starter, yeah. and now he's like a forgotten piece on one of the NBA's worst teams. Totally. Quite heartbreaking. Which I think is, you know, unfortunate for him. But yeah. for fans, I think it's it's great. It keeps things exciting. Yeah. And it's a part of the game. Yeah. That's how it is. Everything yeah. is always changing, which mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah. Espe- I'd say especially in a league that is so dominated by superstars, of course all these, like, randos are going to keep filtering in and out. And that's yeah. why there is so much change. That's why the Jordan Clarksons of our world are completely irrelevant. To mm-hmm. a certain extent, though. they are. Yeah. Well, yeah. You look actually. You look at three, the, the other three guards in this team. We mentioned Jordan Clarkson. Brandon Knight is yeah. on this team. He's projected to start over. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Sixteen million dollar player. <laughs> exactly. Two, two years ago, and then you've got Matthew Delavadova. Woo! Yeah. That's a mouthful. Who yeah. also has a lar- had a large contract and was a part of a team that won a championship exactly. with this yeah. group. So, yeah. Um, Matt, who do you think is going to break out this year? For breakouts, um, well, one guy I'm really hoping comes through. I'm I'm a little skeptical, but Porzingis. I know Porzingis Ooh, is coming back. Good pick. And yeah, like going back to the big man thing, you know, seeing 
like a lanky white boy out there. Oh, he's not yeah. lanky anymore, though. Check out this photo that surfaced today. Anyone, oh who's, listening, anyone who's listening to this, this guy is an absolute wagon now. He has put on 17 pounds, and it looks like that's pure insane. muscle. He's bursting out of his jersey these Ooh, days. That's yeah, scary. It's hilarious. So Watch out. I think that would be a great element he has added to his game. Now we just got to hope he's healthy. Yeah, totally. That's nuts. It kind of reminds me of um, like Giannis when he first yeah. came in the league. Really wiry. Yeah. yeah. And then like there was, I forget what year it is, but same thing in the off season, just like ballooned and came exactly. back. Just, like, yeah, it just emerges from the forests of trees. <laughs> <laughs> just with trees for arms. Yeah. I think, yeah, just to like build off you saying Porzingis, I think, well, it'll be interesting to see how he adapts back into the game. You know, we've seen some guys have a lot of success coming right back from full years missed. Mm-hmm. Obviously a slightly different injury than the, the leg injury that Paul George suffered. Yeah. But it took Paul George about a half a season, and he was starting to get back up to speed, and then the following season he was back, right? When Paul George got injured, he was in the hunt to win the MVP. Oh, he was mm-hmm. yeah, arguably a top three player in the NBA. Yeah, yeah he was definitely. He was super, super elite, and he, he returned to that, but it yeah. took him about a full season. So yeah. I think they'll be, they'll be careful with Porzingis and, and let him come along slowly. Uh, I think the first half... You know, he'll be out there, be playing with Doncic. Yeah, they'll be they'll be kind of figuring it out. But the second half of the season, I'd be watching out for him and this whole group. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah Luca coming off a huge year last year. It's gonna be scary if they yeah. get that chemistry going. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Another one I had was um, Lonzo Ball. Oh, I was actually really sad to see him go from the Lakers, to be honest, because um, I've I'm kind of controversial, but I've been a big Lonzo fan. Yeah. Um, offensively. Obviously, he's struggled, mm-hmm. but, like, I just love his hustle defensively. Yeah. And, like, when he's pushing it in transition, um, I think he can be, like, pretty deadly. He is a one of the best pure playmakers in today's NBA and fits in so well with this mold of run and gun that is, yeah. do- like, a dominant narrative in the yeah. NBA, uh, especially when he's going to be playing with the run and gun himself. Yeah, his his situation, I think it could go one of two ways. Either, like, he just isn't quite the player we thought he was when he was drafted second overall. Yeah. And he goes on to have, you know, a 10-year NBA career. Mm -hmm. He's a starter for half of it. So marketable. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And has a, like, I say has a very average career Mm -hmm. where he goes on and makes nine nine (laughs) figures, right? And lives, lives a great rest of his life. Or I think he takes a D'Angelo Russell type step this year. Yeah. When Russell kind of broke free of the Lakers, you know, similar situation, a second overall pick. Um, he got to Brooklyn. He kind of found himself. And a big mm-hmm. personality too. Totally. And mm-hmm. it's just sometimes I think you need to, this is even diff, even more, well, I guess in a way when Russell went to Brooklyn, it wasn't really New York because mm-hmm. nobody cared about the Nets. Mm-hmm. But like you couldn't really go to any sadder of a place than New Orleans. Um, like as a yeah, basketball yeah, player, like 100%. it's really completely off the map. People don't watch them. Like no. you got to be pretty hardcore if you're grinding Pelicans games. They're named the Pelicans. Too. Yeah, they're named <laughs> the Pelicans. I don't they, even think people so in New Orleans yeah. care. Like they're just watching Saints games. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be a really good chance for him to find himself mm-hmm. with 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 a bunch of young guys. And I think mm-hmm. I expect big things. I like that pick a lot. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Who do you, Kyle? Sure. For me, gonna be a big. Um, for me, it's the return of Jason Tatum. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Tatum, to me, I thought Tatum was so great in his first season. 
he so was so talented. He was he looked so like wise beyond his years and mature beyond his years. And the dunk when he dunked on LeBron, I'm Absolutely. like, like this is it. Like he That's he's the, made the it. Turning point. <laughs> in his yeah. yeah, it was it was so like he has that amazing playoff run, and uh, I think he lost his way a little bit last year. Uh, there was obviously a lot of stuff going on in Boston. Jalen Brown and him both had difficult years, mm-hmm. but Brown was struggling. The Kyrie saga and everything that was going on, and that team was just dysfunctional. And I think he also, you know, he's talked a lot about to put my to put myself inside his mind, which yeah. is a dangerous thing. <laughs> he's talked a lot about like his love for Kobe and yeah. talking to Kobe, and like no disrespect to Kobe, but it's not the guy I would want somebody like that to have as a mentor. You know, I think he was he was a little trigger happy last year. He wanted to shoot the ball. He wanted to handle the ball. He wanted to be Kobe. Mm-hmm. I think as a as the kind of guy he is, he comes back off the USA basketball, comes back a much more like mature guy, and steps into a team where I think Kemba fits him better. And I think he has a big year. I think he's he's an all star, and I think he's he's an all pro team type player or all NBA teams type player. Yeah, I like Jason Tatum in six years once mm-hmm. he has his own team. But as for me, as long as he has a guard that wants to be ball dominant, that now being Kemba Walker, I just don't see him taking that next step. Not because I don't think he's capable, just because I don't think he's going to be giving the, given the platform to do so. Um, look, the Celtics have Kemba Walker. That is a polished scorer who is going to put up big numbers. He's going to help them win basketball games. Jason Tatum, I think if he's given his own platform, could do something like that. But I just don't think he's had that yet. And I don't know when he's going to have that. Hmm. That sounds like a once Kemba leaves kind of thing. And I am so far so hesitant towards Jason Tatum just purely on that basis. Interesting. Yeah, I think, just to kind of push back, I think... I don't think we can judge the Kemba we saw the last couple years in Charlotte mm-hmm. as being the Kemba that we're going to see in Boston because Kem- Kemba was ball dominant in Charlotte because he yeah. had nobody to pass the ball. As well as, as, well as UConn. As yeah, well as yeah UConn. at UConn. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere he's played. Yeah, but yeah. Nah, yeah, the only thing I would say is you look at the you look at the Charlotte team that caught lightning in a bottle Ugh. and lost to Miami. Yeah. Or, yeah, played Miami, lost mm-hmm. to Miami in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, when Nicholas Batum, Nicholas Batum Nicholas had that Tune. unbelievable year, and he went and cashed in the following year, yeah. Um, and yeah, like that team, he wasn't quite as ball dominant on that team. They moved the ball around. Yeah. They had other players. So I, I'd watch out. I think Kemba, Kemba's at a point in his career. He's also like completely financially made it to the point yes. that that shouldn't matter at all to him. I think you're going to see a Kemba that comes in and is like, I want to do whatever it takes to win. To win. Mm-hmm. And if that means getting the ball to Jason Tatum for him to get 25 a game. I think Kemba's gonna do it. So I do. I definitely think like your concern is valid. Yeah. And, you know when you it can be difficult. Like you look at the truly great sh- small forwards of the game. Mm-hmm. They play with with point guards that are easily forgettable. Yeah. For the most mm-hmm. part, right? Like you look at the point guards that LeBron's played with, other than when he played Kyrie. with Kyrie. Um, they're basically forgettable guys. Exactly. <laughs> it's just always been that way because you don't need to spend money and have a great point guard when yeah. you have LeBron. Unless we're talking. University of Kansas, then we're, then Mario Chalmers is or, the man. So. Or basketball players from <laughs> yeah. Alaska. Yeah. In yeah. which Mario Chalmers is <laughs> yeah. the man. True. No. Um, yeah. 
another guy kind of going off of that whole Boston thing and actually in Charlotte now. Oh. I think it is scary Terry time. I don't know about you, but Terry Rozier, I th- he's a bit of a similar situation for me to Sexton in that he's a, like such an exciting player. Like He's so ballsy on the court. And personally, I like that those kind of guys because... Let me just say, in my day when I played basketball, I shot from anywhere. I didn't care. <laughs> I'm not surprised. This is, this is why I didn't get playing time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but do you think Terry Rozier takes a big step and 20, point, 20 points a night kind of guy? I, I'm I, I'm with you on that take. I'm really excited. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really excited to see what he does because mm-hmm. I think yeah, on the Celtics, even being. Um, you know, not even their primary option. Like, he was killing it a lot of those nights. Yeah. Um, and so now being, you know, one of the primary options, um, I like. I think he's going to step up. And like you said, like, he has he has the balls to, like, just go off, I think. so. And talk about a clean slate in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. He, they got to give him the keys. Who, who else is going to have it? Yeah, I, personally... I don't know if I quite see it. Okay. Um, the only thing is, I look at like his game. He's never played more than 25 minutes a game in the NBA. Yeah. He does shoot the ball well from three um, and is a relatively efficient player, but I just don't know if I see him as being the type of player that takes a step forward. Hmm. Uh, you know, He is going to be 25 this year. He's a smaller guy. Yeah. I find with smaller guys, they're either really successful young or they're Kind of successful late. Yeah. It's weird, you know. Like just a like Raymond Felton. Yeah, you know, I was gonna say like quick examples that come off my the top of my head is like Kyle Lowry is another yeah. example oh, of yeah. a guy that grew into it and yeah. then found it as a small guard. Isaiah Thomas as yeah. well mm-hmm. found it kind of late, lost it pretty quick, but yeah. that was more of an injury yeah. situation. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And you mentioned this Charlotte team, like really, there's not much left. You know, Nicholas Batum gets his second mention of the podcast, but it's not in the same light as the first one. He's really fallen off. And the mm-hmm. only reason he's here is because his contract is massive and he's untradeable. Yeah. Uh, we'll see Dwayne Bacon back. Yeah. Malik Monk mm-hmm. is also a quickly forgotten sixth overall pick from two yeah. years ago. I forgot about Malik Monk. But yeah. I yeah, thought it, he was going to be absolutely nasty in his like first two years. Yeah. That wasn't really... Easy, easy yeah. to forget him, yeah, for unfortunately. Sure. And... Miles Bridges as well, the kid out of Michigan State yeah. who was the twelfth was picked twelfth overall, I think, mm-hmm. by the Clippers originally. So we'll get to see him. So it's it's a really mm-hmm. young team. I, yeah, I think unfortunately for Terry too, um, he's gonna be he's gonna be judged on the contract that he signed, which was pretty rich. Yeah. And by a lot of people's belief to be the worst contract of the offseason. So it's gonna be tough. He has huge um, like huge expectations to live up to, so I hope I hope the best for him and don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Michael Kidd Gilchrist also still uh, <laughs> still on this team. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, now, now it's awkward. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think yeah, those were all like really great takes for like current players. I'm curious to see where um, going back to the rookies that mm-hmm. just got yeah. drafted, like who emerges. Um, I think you know. Like we said, Lonzo uh, is. I feel like he's really gonna make or break how efficient Zion is. Oh, I agree. And then, um, I, I as far as like rookie of the year, my prediction I think is probably Morant. Mm-hmm. Just like being into this, like he's he's gonna have the ball he in has his hands. In the shade. Yeah, the yeah. most of the time, and like is able to make his own plays. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and like, yeah, he's just like a dope player to watch. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, going off of guys who we think are going to take that next step forward as a superstar. Um, Ooh. Okay. Donovan Mitchell mm. has had a lot of people. He he received those Dwayne Wade comparisons like in his rookie year last year. He didn't really take a step forward. I'd still say he was All Star caliber. Still a great player on a great Utah team. Yeah, which is I think going to be getting better. What do we think about Donovan Mitchell? Do you think he's going to take that next step? Yeah, I I love Donovan Mitchell. Yes, I loved him coming out of school. Um, just love love his game, love where he is. I just feel like he's a bit of a throwback too. Yeah, like you mentioned the Dwayne Wade mm-hmm. comp. Like his game does remind me of like a 2010 up and coming young yeah. young guy, which is cool. Totally. To, cool to see because most rely on the three ball. Too, yeah, which is like so counter what yeah. the now, NBA is. Now it's guards that shoot amazing percentages from exactly. three. Yeah, and Trey Young, Steph, yeah. all yeah, that and kind it's, of Yeah, and it's players, big yeah. men, big men that have hands like their guards. Joel Embiid, an example. You could even argue Zion, mm-hmm. right? Zion would be a borderline center 10 mm-hmm. years ago. Um, so for me, I think he, t- he is on the cusp of superstardom, mm-hmm. and I think he can take that step. I don't know if he takes the step into, like, the all-NBA first team yeah. type mm-hmm. conversation, but... I'm a staunch supporter of Team USA basketball and getting an opportunity to play for that team in the summer. And it does wonders for guys. Uh You look at guys come back different. They come, they go like, they go their boys, they come back men and they learn how to win. And Steph Curry. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a long list of guys that that's worked for, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, James Harden as well learned a lot from being at those camps. So I think obviously the USA team came up short and didn't win. But I think he's those guys learned a lot. They got a chance to play a lot of minutes, play in front of some big crowds. I think um, I think Donovan Mitchell is going to have a big year. Yeah. Any other players do you think are going to like really take that step forward? Take the step forward. <sighs> you what know, about Ben Simmons. Yeah, I think Ben Simmons. Obviously, he's kind of he made it with getting the contract this yeah. off season, and they're going to need him to to at least take some forward form of a step forward if they're going to compete with the Bucks in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm a huge believer of the whole like Ben Simmons has to learn how to shoot knock down, has to be able to knock down threes yeah. to be super competitive. But I think you definitely his game he needs to become a little bit more of a threat with the shot. I, I he can, just needs to shoot. It, 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 yeah, like he's the, it, yeah, he would just like not shoot at all. I can so. I compare it a little bit to yeah. when Draymond Green Draymond Green has never needed to be a knockdown three point shooter to be an efficient NBA player. No. He's he possesses some of the traits that Simmons has. He's an elite and unbelievable defender, yep. and he can get to the rack and make plays at will, and he yeah. can shoot free throws to go with it. But when Draymond was his best, he could knock down a three when you left him. Right. And this year in the playoffs, Draymond wasn't that player, and he did become severely less effective. So yes. I think for him, you yeah, he needs to actually be willing to shoot the ball. That's mm-hmm. the first step. But then also you need to be, you know, you need to at least be a semi-threat out there, at least left wide open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Um, um Sorry. Yeah, I just you can continue if you have any more. I had one guy that I'm looking at as a disappointment for the year. Yes, oh. I was just gonna get oh, okay. get get to flops here. Who is your flop guy? So for you me, very excited. No, <laughs> no, I'm never excited for guys to flop. It's a sad one. It for me, it's Booker. Oh yeah. Mm. I don't know what I I wonder if Booker's gonna be on that team in 12 months. That's my thought. Like if we're sitting here next year, 
is is Booker on that team? I don't know. I was really disappointed in him that he didn't go to Team USA this summer. You love Team USA. Well, I love yeah. Team USA. Like, <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, rightfully Especially so. for Sorry, a guy so. like that. If anybody's not going to go, it's Donovan Mitchell, who's yeah. been in the playoffs, went through a grind of a season, like... Whereas, like, you look at Booker, like, dude, you've never you've never played in the playoffs. Like, actually go play some ser- games that matter. Yeah. Like, yeah. he hasn't played games that matter since he was at Kentucky. Yeah. So. Phoenix, man. <laughs> yeah. That's just how it is, right? Yeah. So, to me, I think it would it's a little bit of a missed opportunity. And, like, you know, I, I, I have a hard time imagining that he was get you know, with his trainer tossing him balls and him getting up jump shots in his gym and his trainer telling him how great he is. I have mm-hmm. a hard time imagining he got the same thing that guys like Mitchell and Tatum got being yelled at by yeah. uh by pop by getting yeah. yelled at and coached up by pop and playing in those games like yeah and playing overseas I have a hard time imagining that so he's my like kind of disappointment and mm-hmm. I don't know where we're, we're headed with the with the Booker experiment yeah it's it's so interesting he is such an interesting player because he's He's so talented. He's so good. He's one of the most naturally gifted players yeah. in today's NBA. But I just think Phoenix is such a tough spot to be in right now. Because is the future... What is the future in Phoenix? Yeah. You have so many big men and Devin Booker. <laughs> For sure, yeah. And, and you've got like you know a coaching carousel where there's a new coach yeah. every season uh, uh, the ownership is questionable at best would be a bottom bottom like 10 percent ownership in the exactly. in the nba i think that'd be pretty consensus so mm-hmm. it sucks man it you know the thing with this league where where we're in with the league now is that if you can get your stuff together you can rebuild your team and be in the playoffs in three seasons. Mm-hmm. Because the turnaround can, yeah, can be really quick. Like, literally, Brooklyn got back to the playoffs in three years. They didn't have any first-round picks. Because you've got a group of teams at the top that are competing so hard to win. And they're running their teams that way. And then you've got ten teams that are just bottoming out, just trying to tank it. Mm-hmm. But like for me, I actually think Brooklyn got back to being in the playoffs fastest because yeah. they didn't have the picks. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you know, we'll just yeah, sure, we'll take that guy that a good team's trying to dump. Or mm-hmm. oh yeah, we'll flip you a fifteenth you know, we'll flip you a pick. Like, you know, you just build your team that way. But when you don't have the pieces right, like example Phoenix, it just seems so far from being yeah. back in it. Yeah. yeah. Just so far from reach. It's interesting you say Devin Booker. I had him on my list as well. Like you said, wow. super talented. But like one of the videos that came out this summer, um, like going back to the video in the NBA, like you're seeing videos of these guys in open gyms and stuff and like on Twitter all the time. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but just he got double teamed in a scrimmage and was just like whining. Like he just like stopped the play. Oh, it's like, man. Like, are we doing this right now? Like yeah. double team. Um, and just so like, just seeing him like whining and stuff like that it's like i'm just like starting to lose faith in him and just seeing him stuff do like that isn't like winning any points with me you know where he wouldn't have been whining team usa yeah Yeah, he should have honestly but yeah one one guy i hope i hope he does well but i think he's gonna flop he, he, he's really a wild wild card and a, a un, unique player is uh, Bull Bull. Oh. Went really late in the draft, yeah. obviously, um, for many different reasons. But it's just to be that big and that skilled is like a really... 
it's it's an interesting like project. Obviously, he's a twig, and I think defensively a huge liability. Um, but I think I think he could potentially show some cool things. Yeah. But yeah, for those that don't know, Bull Bull out of Oregon, forty fourth pick in the draft with the Denver Nuggets. Um, and I think you hit all you hit the nail on the head there, right? A guy who has so much raw talent and ability, mm-hmm. yeah. But converting raw talent and ability into production at the NBA level is the real challenge. Yeah. And you know he's not, you know he's not unheralded. Like he he's a guy who's has some credit. You know McDonald's All American, Jordan Brand guy, like uh, Jordan Brand Summit guy. Like he has the he has the stuff. Uh, he has the pedigree. We'll see if he can convert it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, well, Matt, it's been so good having you on. Do you have any final thoughts uh, before we leave it? Before we leave it here, uh, I think we we wrap things up pretty well. Um, you know, there's a lot of exciting players, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was great chatting with you guys, and yeah. stoked to see what happens this do you, season. Do you got anything to plug? Anything yeah. to plug? Uh, We're all about the plugs here. Baker and Browns. <laughs> yeah, Baker and Browns. Baker shout and Browns, out Nikara. No, uh, nothing to plug at the moment, but um, yeah, always working on video stuff. So nice. you can, yeah, look we'll forward to We'll keep an eye that. out for it. Yeah. yeah. And you did the plug for me. I was going to plug Bakers yeah, and Browns. <laughs> New episode coming next week. So, yeah. 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 I'll yeah. definitely awesome, listen to that on my drive in. So. There we go. <laughs> After you listen to this podcast. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one on my commute in, Bakers and Browns on the way home. There you go. Exactly. Anyways, thank you so much, Matt, for your time. That was an awesome interview. We hope you enjoyed listening to it half as much as we did recording it. Every episode, we plan on giving updates on our TW Spartans throughout the many sports that they are playing. Here are updates for tonight's episode. The women's soccer team have now climbed to second in the recent U Sports rankings released on September 24th. They continue their unbeaten beginning to the season with five wins and one draw. They'll be playing at home against the unranked University of Victoria, currently sitting at 5th in the Pacific Division, and the UBC Thunderbirds, who are currently ranked 8th on the recent rankings released by U-Sports. It was announced this morning that Jean LaForest has been hired as the TW women's hockey coach. He will be stepping in this season as the team prepares for its debut as a part of U-Sports next year. LaForest was the former coach of the men's hockey program at Mount Royal University and has been successful in different leagues throughout his career. Excited to have you on, John. The top 10s don't stop there. Our women's cross-country team is climbing the table as they are now ranked 8th in U-Sports after an impressive weekend. At the Central Washington University Invitational, the Spartans certainly dominated as Nick Cohen won the men's race and Joanna Williams won the women's race. Five more of the women's team finished in the top 25. Well done, Spartans. For our men's Spartan stat line of the last two weeks, we have Caleb Jamont with three goals against the University of Lethbridge in soccer. For the women, Rachel Hutchinson of the women's soccer team scored another three goals against the University of Manitoba. Great job, guys, and keep banging in those goals. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We would truly appreciate any feedback you have to improve the show. In addition, if you have any questions that you'd like to have answered on the show, or maybe even a topic you want us to talk about, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. That's all from us, and enjoy your weekend.
Bye-bye.